Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Every year, the, the network tries to support the Miami Book Fair by inviting some very special guests on the show. Today is that day. Uh, my guest host for this particular episode is the fabulous Irene O'Garden. Irene has won or been nominated for prizes in nearly every writing category from stage to e-screen, e hardcovers, children's books, as well as literary magazines and anthologies. Her critically acclaimed play, Women on Fire, started Judith Ivey, was twice extended and played to sold-out houses off-Broadway, and was nominated for a Lucille Lortel Award for Best Solo Show. It is also published by Samuel French, and two of its monologues were, were posted and published in Best Women's Stage Monologues. Her new play, Little Heart, is about artist, artist Carita Kent, won her a Ber I think it's Barilla Kerr Carr. Barilla <laughs> Carr Playwriting Fellowship and was awarded full development at the New Harmony Play Project. Her lyric essay, Glad to Be Human, won the Pushcart Prize. Um, it, the e version is now available on Untreed Reads. Her writing is um, anthologized with. Eleanor Roosevelt, Maya Angelou, Gloria Steinem, and others in The Greatness of Girls, including an excerpt from her memoir, Fat Girl. And um, <laughs> it's just a fabulous read. Risking the Rapids, How My Wilderness Adventure uh, Healed My Childhood is her newest book. Irene was my guest when this book was released. It is a memoir that opens with the shocking death of a problematic brother. Um, it is beautifully written, and we chatted at length about this story. If you want to find the podcast, you can go to soundcloud.com, Authors on the Air. She has a new book that's coming out, Fulcrum, Celestic Poems, which contains her prize-winning oh, poem. Excuse me. My new book is a book of essays. Fulcrum's already oh. out. <laughs> oh, Fulcrum's out. I didn't, you haven't been back, Irene, since. So uh, <laughs> your prize-winning poem, nonfiction, is there. Your poems have been featured and literary essays have been featured in dozens of literary journals and um, award-winning anthologies. Um, so you've, you've won Everything there is. Um, you've got several grants for poetry. You're you're also um, a top literary venue speaker, and I am thrilled 
to welcome because there's so much more. You'll have to go to IreneOGarden.com to find her. Let me introduce you to your guest host for today, Irene O'Garden. Irene, who are you going to welcome to Authors on the Air? Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Pam. It's a real honor. And I am just over the moon about interviewing Rosalie Moffat. Uh, she has a beautiful new book out called Nervous System, a book of poems that is the National Poetry Series winner, uh, selected by Monica Yoon. Uh, let me tell you a little bit uh, uh, about her before we, uh, before we get into conversation. She's the author of June and Eden, which is a winner of Ohio State University Press, the Journal Prize. She was awarded the Discovery Prize at Boston Review Prize, a Wallace Stegner Fellowship. I know you guys, your ears are going like, oh, all these credits for everybody. When are we going to talk about poems? We are in just one second. But uh, you just need to know that she has been widely published in the most respected journals in the field, Tin House and Kenyon and Agni and Plowshares and all of that. And uh, she is now teaching in, uh, at the University of Southern Indiana in Evansville which is where we greet her this morning. Good morning, Rosalie. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I'm so happy to, uh, to be with you virtually. Um, your book, this is a beautiful book. I, uh, I had um, the opportunity to read it, this book called Nervous System. And I opened the book and I looked at the table of contents and I saw that all the titles, quote-unquote titles, were in brackets. And I thought, what is this? And as we go further in the book, uh, would you like to talk a moment about the structure of this book and the subject of it? Sure. Um, it is, um, it's a book-length uh, series of poems. Um, some of them stand alone, um, and some of them are more dependent on the sections. Um, and I think it sort of shares a border with memoir. So um, it's uh, got an arc to it, and it's sort of narrative um, in a memoir sense, um, but the pieces are, are poems. Um, and the subject, I guess, of it, uh, to begin with, um, is the experience of having a mother who um, suffered from a neurological illness that, that um, resulted in a number of symptoms, um, one of which was the loss of uh, memory and language uh, sort of inconsistently. And the word for that is aphasia, when you, you lose sort of the ability mm -hmm. to produce words. Um, mm -hmm. And it moves from sort of meditating on that, thinking about that, worrying about that, um, to thinking about what is inherited, what do I stand to sort of um, face in my future, and what would it be like for me to be a mother, and how would I handle this? Um, so that's sort of the, the arc that the book takes. Oh, well, wow. And it's, it's a wonderful book that it is, it's all in triplet. Uh, mm. When we're looking at the lines, and they vary uh, from, from chunk to chunk, there'll be short and then a long middle line and then a short end line and then a long. And d d how did you hit upon that? I'm actually not 100% sure because there are a few poems in my first book that use that use that form, um, and it somehow it made um, a lot of sense to me for this subject matter um, because of the um, each piece sort of extends from the piece before informally. So if it's a long line, 
um, then the next one is going to be a short and then a long. Um, and it kind of um, ca came to me organically, and then it felt very propelling um, to have that form uh -huh. kind of urged me forward and, and gained momentum. And I think I was partially inspired by um, Ed Hirsch's book-length poem, oh. Gabriel, yes, um, yes, which is also written in Tercet. So he doesn't have the line... Uh -huh. Um, variation that that I've used, but but there's something about mm -hmm. the tercets that propels one forward in reading. Um, so that's that's why it, I ended up sort of embracing it. I think partially. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I'm just. I, there are just so many lines that I really enjoy. The, the 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 first of all the sound of and then the meaning of. I, I was arrested immediately by the by the phrase terrifically alone and two. Like, mm. Wow! It just pulls us right in. And I love the idea of the. You say the brain hankers after pattern. And as we talk about the pattern of your of your book, um, uh, tell me about words in your house growing up. Were they? I know it was a science based household. Am I correct in that? Yes. Uh, yes. Actually, yeah. um, both of my parents um, are scientists. Um, my mother was a neurologist, but not for people. She studied um, invertebrates, which um, I think I explained this, in fact, in one of the poems. They have a very large ganglion, uh, snails do, that works like a human's ganglion, but much slower. So they're really um, a useful animal to study to understand how the brain works. Um, and then my, my father uh, was does research on mosquitoes and caterpillars, um, uh, and things like that. Um, so, so that, and then I have also have an older brother who is also a, went into science. Um, so it was a very scientific, um, minded household, but it was also a very literary household. So, um, books, um, novels, poems, um, I grew up surrounded by these things, but in the middle of nowhere, um, because oh, where did you grow up? Yeah, it's, uh, in Eastern Washington, um, in a canyon by the Snake River, um, uh -huh. so quite uh, remote. And um, so, in in one of these poems, I was I talk about being how much time I spent by myself, how much time I spent alone, um, mm -hmm. and that's an interesting space for language because, of course, you think in words and and you talk to yourself in words even when no one is there to hear them. Um, and that's something that um, fascinates me, how we, how we can go on thinking and um, how we process language in all these different scenarios. So, um, but all of these things, I think, added up to an attention to the natural world um, mm -hmm. via science, but also just spending time in nature, spending time by myself, by the creek. Um, uh, and so a lot of that shows up in the book as well, this sort of um, admiration and cherishing, cherishing of the natural world. Yes. Oh, it's so evident. And, and you write about it with a, with a great deal of love and also a great deal of technical expertise that is just, <laughs> uh, it's just riveting on the page. It's like, oh, things just appear. You know. I love your – but you're not afraid also to get a little luscious with language. I mean, you talk about petals as – I mean, uh, flowers as a mess of petals, as a hedging mm -hmm. of bets. I mean, uh, which it, it then makes me want to ask about sound and rhythm mm -hmm. in your work. Um, tell me about that. You know, I, um, I've always liked 
to think about echoes and um, the music of language, and it just became so um, took on a new light for me in this book because, um, I, you know, as you say, a lot, there's a lot of technical science in here. I actually did a lot of reading um, and you know, as a layman, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but I read one thing, um, that a neurologist was saying, um, you know, to an aphasic, uh, words are just sounds. Um, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. have the meanings. They're, they're just like listening to, you know, a truck going by or, um, something like that. Um, and so I think part, part of the heightened anxiety that went into this book and part of the heightened attention that went into this book was, um, because I was thinking about what would it be like to have just sounds and not words and not sense. Mm, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And, and that kind of um, thinking translated into um, kind of the, I think there's, there's not a, there's not a standard meter, um, but meter comes in and out and rhyme comes in and out, especially mm-hmm. um, in the lines themselves um, to make the language have its own music in addition to its own sense. Yes. Yes, uh, something I really love in poetry, the sound of poetry. Um, and I, one of the things I like about your title is that it works a number of ways. Mm, um, yes. Certainly we're talking about nervous system as, a, as an orderly arrangement of things, but also as a quaking, you know, anxiety uh, uh, system, as something that is, being disturbed. Uh, I, I know we've we've talked a bit about kind of the technical beauties and the nature of your uh, in the nature of your writing, but also this book is a tremendous act of the heart. The uh, the depth of the emotion within this book uh, is is just profound. And and how how did this happen to you? How did you happen? to begin writing this book? Oh, I like that question because I think it's sort of odd. Um, I was actually trying to write an essay. Um, I was trying to write sort of um, a lyric essay in pieces. Um, and uh, I had I had these, I think it started actually with reading in a scientific article that said that women with greater leg strength hold on to their memory better in old age. Um, and uh-huh. the, and the science behind that is not that, that those two things are closely related. It's more like the kind of exercise and the kind of oxygen you get, um, affects your ability to retain your memory. Um, but I just thought that was so interesting and it set me off, um, thinking about, um, this experiment that my mother told me about with spiders, which is what starts oh. the book. And it, um, yeah. it's just oh. exactly as, as it happens in the book killer. that she it's just killer. Yeah. I'm yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you want to talk about it, please feel free to do that. It's just devastating on the page. Yeah. Well, it's and it it. So she told me about this experiment where um, to study the spider's legs and how they work and their strength. They didn't. They did something where they captured these spiders and took off their egg sac and filled it with lead shot and then gave it back to the spiders. Um, so usually they attached to them, but they will pick it up. If they lose it in, in, you know, in any way, they'll pick it up and try to run with it. Um, and, she, and, and the part that really broke my heart as a child was this, um, what she said was that they would, they would break their legs trying to carry their egg sac away. Um, and, 
I don't remember how old. I was quite young when she recounted this experiment to me. And later I found out it was the spiders um, right near where I grew up. And that has really troubled me and bothered me. Mm-hmm ever mm-hmm. since that experiment. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I kind of got to there from that article, and I wrote that first piece. It started out as a piece of a lyric essay. Um, uh-huh. But then it wasn't going, it wasn't working quite, so I tried it as a poem. And that first poem just became oh, the yeah. first poem of the book, which is, I think, quite unusual um, to have, yeah. to have like, to start, to really start at the beginning that way. Um, but that is what launched the book. But you also then weave this through so beautifully, the spider imagery and, and, that, and that, that kind of heartlessness of science and at the same time being dependent on it for healing and, and, and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, which makes me think of another question. Uh, tell me about healing and poetry for you. Oh, that's a that is a good question. Um, I it's funny because um, I remember going to a workshop at at Breadloaf and and I think it was Ellen Bryant Voigt said like this these are very restrained poems they're very controlled poems the poems I had submitted and I and I didn't I hadn't thought of myself that way um, and I realized that that she was right um, but for me there's something about um, the restraint of a poem, the small form of a poem that allows it to hold more feeling um, than it than it could if it you know took up more space or allowed itself mm-hmm. more slack um, <laughs> and and I think that um, you know something I always uh, this kind of day one in my poetry classes is um, you don't have to say the emotion it is always contained in whatever we're looking at and um, mm-hmm. so to just recount. Um, that experiment or um, to give an image um, of uh, the brain even, you know, has a certain, we approach that with a kind of emotion. So I think that it's something that, that comes through in ways that I can't predict because I'm mostly working with here's actually the scientific article that I'm interested in. Here's something that happened. Here's something that was said. Um, And I'm not, always sure what emotion is contained within that until it ends up on the page. Uh-huh. I know. I love that surprise as a writer. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, what is it? I don't, I, I, I have a feeling I don't quite know what it is or how to say it. And you, you turn to the page and it, and, and happily it, it reveals itself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a little while. <laughs> yeah. But, well, and uh, I also wanted to um, follow up, uh, the the you said the heartlessness of science, which I think is um, part of what this book is doing, is it's trying to take all of mm. these ways of of knowing and putting them together to see, sort of interrogate how do we know something, how do we come to mm-hmm. think something is true, um, but uh, I made the most interesting discoveries while I was researching for this. Um, one of them was that. Um, brain trauma can, is in this research stages, can be treated with spider silk, um, and that oh, seems yeah. to be um, that. You know, I didn't know that going in, and it just fit in so perfectly. And then to find out something, which I think basic, probably people learn in basic anatomy class, but which I didn't know, um, was that the the layers that protect the brain are all named mother. So there's the pia mater, oh. the tender mother. 
um, and the arachnoid mater, and the um, which is the spider mother, which is, just came as like a total serendipitous. <laughs> like I couldn't believe it. Like I felt like there was some kind of cosmic um, thing at work there. <laughs> yes, and then yes. um, the dura mater, which is the hard mother. Those three layers, the meninges, are what protect the brain. Um, so there's a weird way in which science reveals its emotions. You know, you asked about feeling, like reveals a heart yeah. in odd ways that that we don't expect. Oh, well, yes, I was I was being terribly general, and you were absolutely oh. <laughs> right. And I loved how how that how it did come together so so beautifully in this book. I, I'm mentioning it again. Nervous system. Rosalie Moffat is my guest, and. Uh, She's just astonishing. And I'm realizing we're kind of drawing, I can't believe it, towards the end of our uh, time for conversation. I do want to ask you, uh, but you may have just answered that in what you just said, uh, what's the most fun thing about being a poet for you? Oh, I think it's, I think it, it, I did sort of answer. I think it's being able to look into and research whatever I want. Um, Uh Because I because I end up I just end up reading so much and thinking about so much and looking up so much, um, as partly as a process of looking in and understanding myself and understanding like interior spaces. But um, it allows me to care about everything that I want to care about. I don't have to I don't have mm. to constrict at all um, in that way. And and um, I think that that's what why I ended up as a poet. Uh. Well, it totally shines through in your book. Uh, I wanted to also share with our listeners, uh, there's, a, there's a lovely line uh, where Rosalie says, new words opened new rooms of myself to myself. And uh, your words opened many rooms for us, ones that we're very glad to enter, Rosalie. Thank you so much for being my guest today here on Authors on the Air. You folks can find this book, Nervous System. It's just coming out from Harper Collins. You can hear her read live at the Miami Book Fair. Uh, do yourself a favor if you love poetry, pick up this book. Thank you so much. Thank and you thank so you much, to my guest host, Irene O'Garden, and to highly awarded uh, uh, poet, uh, poet and essayist Rosalie Moffat. And please check out the Miami Book Fair. Thank you for listening, everybody, and thank you, Mom and Dad. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.